America's founding fathers believed their vision, the city upon a hill, could only succeed with a special people in a special place. Over 240 years later, we the people, our American story is still unfolding. My name is Tina McCafferty. Join me every Friday as I spotlight those who embody the American values of faith, courage, and heroism. You will be uplifted, inspired, proud, and humbled to call yourself an American. American history is more than history. It's personal. Susie Chapman is a wife and a mother and considers it an honor to be blessed with these titles. She wears a lot of hats and thrives in being involved in many things, especially with her children and within the community. Susie has been married to the love of her life for 17 years. Tom and Susie have four children, Boss, Kingston, Lincoln, and yes, finally a girl, Harley. Together, Susie and Tom have built a beautiful life. Not to say they have not had their struggles, but they have endured and worked through everything. They strive to put God first and know this is why they are so blessed. Tom is a staff sergeant with the Utah National Guard in his active duty. He recently returned from deployment. Susie works as a family practice PA and has been in medicine for 10 years. She loves helping people with medicine, even during this crazy COVID pandemic time. On the side, she and her family dabble in acting. You can find Susie on Instagram at Chapman Tribe Entertainment, on Facebook at Susie B. Chapman, or at myzyia.com backslash ZYIA Susie Chapman. Episode 2 Susie's American Story. America is another name for opportunity. Ralph Waldo Emerson. I have known Susie for many, many years. She lived in our neighborhood with her family. We went to the same church together. I want to tell you three things that I admire about Susie. She is an overachiever. She's a smart woman. She's an overachiever. She is a wonderful mother, and she is a fierce patriot of our country. Now, Susie, I don't know if you remember, and I will never forget this. So when you were living close to us, Eric, my son, was very small. And you would always, whenever you would see him, you would say, oh, he's such a handsome little boy. Do you remember that? <laughs> I, I don't remember specifically, but he is handsome. So I, I always tell people when I think they're beautiful and handsome, so I'm sure I did. He was just tiny. I think he was one or two. And every time you would see us at church, say, oh, he's such a handsome little boy. I mean, I think he's handsome too, but I'm kind of biased. So anyway. Oh, he's handsome. He's handsome. <laughs> So let's get started. Can you tell me a little bit about your family? Where they come from? Are they immigrants? Let's start there. Absolutely. So I, I uh, first and foremost, I am so incredibly grateful for this opportunity because I know we all think that our story doesn't mean anything and that it doesn't, that it's not going to make a difference. But in this case, I really want people to know how blessed we are to be here in the United States of America. Our story starts in Mexico. My grandmother and my mother and her siblings um, were all born in Mexico. In Linares, Nuevo León, 
Mexico. And they migrated here to the United States. My mom was about 10 or 11, correct me if I'm wrong, mom. Um, I was nine, almost nine. You were nine, thank you. So at nine years old. So my, my grandmother, my mom's mom, she recognized the importance um, of bringing her children to the United States of America. She recognized that very early. And she had dual citizenship. Is that right, mom? Or no, her mom had dual citizenship. But grandma did not. So my grandmother was brave enough to say, I'm going to take my kids to the United States to start a life and to give them more opportunity. My grandfather wasn't necessarily on board. And so my grandmother decided, hey, I'm going to pick up my children and we're going to go. And she did. She did just that. And my grandfather stayed. A short time after, my grandfather followed. And they didn't make it too far. They uh, just right there in Texas, the border of Texas. So right, it's called the Rio Grande Valley. I don't know if people have heard of McAllen, Brownsville. We are from a small town called Progresso. You have to cross it before you get to the United States. That's where my family landed. And that's where I grew up. That's where my mother grew up. And that's where our story really took off. So yes, I am a daughter of an immigrant grandmother and an immigrant mother who went through hell and back to get us here. And here we are. And you bet, we, they went through a lot. Um, but all of us here have become good people. We, we were very productive and we're here living the dream. You mentioned your mother is here. Yes. Mary, Mary is there anything you want to add to what Susie has told us? I can only imagine the difference our life would have been had my mother not made that decision to to take up the opportunity of being able to come to the United States herself legally. She came legally because her mother was a citizen um, of which my mom didn't know. But once she found out and my grandmother decided that, you know, it's time you guys know this and it's time that you guys know that you can go to the United States if you want going to be hard. You're going to need this much money, which you don't have. Um, but my mom figured out a way to get money. And back then, maybe $50 is all she needed. She went and borrowed and borrowed money so that she could bring us. And she was legal. We weren't. But after a few years, we became legal through through all of my dad and her hard work of getting papers and traveling to Monterrey, Mexico to see if they would allow us to come back to the United States legally. And a couple times they didn't, maybe by the third time they did. It was a real struggle just to get us kids become legal citizens, residents. That took a lot of years. 
It's not something that happens overnight or even a month or two. It takes years. Susie, can you remember the first time you felt what it was to be an American or felt proud to be an American? Is there so, some time that really comes into your head? Yes. Yeah, so, so growing up, um, <laughs> we grew up in a, in a very small town and everybody looked like me. Everybody was Mexican, Mexican-American. Um, and we lived very much a Mexican culture. So I didn't really understand, um, oh, you're in America. I mean, I knew I was in the United States, but I didn't come to appreciate exactly what that meant until I was much, much older. And, and actually, I don't even want to say much older. I was, uh, when we moved from Texas to Utah and we left where I grew up, but I did not realize how uh, how poor we actually were until until we left. I, I didn't realize it. Like wow, we we were we didn't have a whole lot, but we had a lot of love and a lot of rich culture. And I realized that when I came to Utah, that wow, we came to this condo, and I remember thinking it was a massive house and wow, how could we afford this? And, and, and I look at it now and, and it's, it's a nice place, but it is small and it's, it's humble. It's, it's, but that's kind of where that transition started to come along. And then I, as I was going through school and seeing all my friends, cause I, I grew up in American sport. I had a lot of friends from Alpine and Highland. And I remember thinking when I would go to their homes, my gosh, people live like this because they had massive homes. For those of you who don't know, Alpine and Highland in Utah, that it's a very nice area and very nice homes. Absolutely. And 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 I realized, wow, these people have worked hard to to get this. And and I remember as a young child thinking, you know, I want to change. I want to change where I come from, where I, we, you know, we used, I, I'm not even that old, but I used a, a, an outhouse for a long time. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Mom, mom, was I 10, nine or 10? Um, uh, shortly before then, we actually got plumbing in the house. Not very long before we actually left Texas, we had gotten plumbing in the house. And we left Texas when I was 11. We used to do the dishes outside because we used to get uh, a table, I don't know, a table and, and do our dishes outside. And so imagine coming up to Utah, it was, a, it was an eye-opener. It was a lot of uh, slaps in the face going, whoa, this is, this is really different than what I'm, what I'm used to. So that's kind of when things started rolling for me. And I started thinking, my mindset started to, to say, oh, well, I can do this too. I'm gonna do this. And I remember as a very young child, because I always watched my mom work her tail off to get what she wanted, always just work at it. And I told myself, I'm gonna do this. And I remember as a young kid thinking, there's no other way. 
like you're going to go to school, you're going to finish and you're going to do something. And I never, ever questioned my ability to do that because of my mother. Oh, and can I just interrupt real quick to say that, uh, Susie has great family support here tonight. I told her that she invite whoever she wanted to be on that call. And so I have one, two, three, four, five, six other people on this Zoom call with us. So you can tell that Susie is very loved and has a very supporting family. So I think that is incredible. Let's switch gears and tell me about that guy sitting next to you. This one, yes. this one here, yes. he's amazing. So this guy here, I, I gotta tell you, he, he, he hates the spotlight. He does not like it in the least bit, but this man He's very quiet and reserved right now, isn't he? Typically, that's my husband. This man here introduced me to a life that I wasn't, I never imagined. Um, First off, just being a husband, an incredible husband, a husband who stuck around, a husband who didn't hurt me, a husband who spoke nice, a husband who, who is an incredible father and who is so supportive. That's this guy right here. I didn't know that existed prior to this guy. I'm, I'm being 100% honest I didn't know men like this existed I didn't can either one of you tell us when and why Tom joined the military well I can so I joined shortly after our first son was born and so so I joined probably a little bit later than most men join the military most people not men most people join the military um, but there was, there's a number of reasons, uh, you know, there was, there's, I think things like kind of happened for a reason. Uh, I, I was going through a difficult time, um, job wise at the time. And so I was evaluating some of the things I was doing and I had always wanted to join the military. I'd always wanted to do it, just I'd never acted upon it. And so at that time, you know, Susie and I were married. She was just finishing up, uh, her, her master's, her, her physician assistant, uh, degree, just getting ready to start a new job. We just had a, a child, our first boy, six months old. And so there's a lot of things happening, but I remember, you know, we, you know, we've talked about kind of evaluating our being American and valuing America. And I, I knew that I wanted my, my children to really value America. And if I was going to tell them America was something special, I wanted them to know that we had made sacrifices for the country so that they could, you know, so we could really feel confident in when we, when we told them that it's a great place and that this is a place like no other, that they, we, we had something to back up with. And so that was really the catalyst, I think, for me uh, um, joining the military at that time. I joined the Army National Guard. Um, and so I've been in about 10 years. I, I work full-time for the National Guard. So during the week, you know, I work in a, uh, basically, I, in an administrative position, making sure things are, are ready for the unit during the week, administratively and, and supply-wise. You know, so that's kind of my, my weekday role. But my, my military specialty, my occupa military occupation, is a, is a petroleum supply sergeant. 
So, um, but what I do, like when I just, I just recently retired from being overseas in Afghanistan. And so what my section would do overseas in Afghanistan is we'd make sure that the Apache helicopters were armed and fueled, you know, prepared for uh, their missions. When you were in Afghanistan, did you get to interact with the people there at all? Um, only really with the contractors on base. And in my position, I didn't leave the base very much. Or if I did, it was in a helicopter going to another base. So I didn't, I was not outside the wire on the ground. Were you there or did you see enough there to understand how they live versus how we live here in America? And what yeah, definitely. I, I mean, so uh, where I was at, you know, we had to, we, we take buses on the base and there was, there was portions of the base where you were driving kind of around the perimeter and you could see outside the fence, you could see the way that at least that local populace lived. And it was, uh, it was really eye-opening, really made you appreciate what you have here. Um, you know, they, they lived really in mud huts. They lived in mud huts and the ones that were more well-to-do had a solar panel that they used for some electricity. But I mean, and they were growing melons in the middle of the desert. It's like, it's not a life that I would want for, for my children. Um, now I really felt, felt bad for them and really uh, was really grateful for what, what we have here for what it seems like people really take for not all people but I think uh, a lot of people take for granted um, they, they did not have much there was I remember driving and I'd see this this kid very frequently he, he was probably older than my youngest son like six years old six seven years old and he, he was out you know he was, a, he was a shepherd he was out herding like a, a sheep and it's just like wow I mean you know I it, it just boggles me that it was so much more difficult for them. They don't have the advances in technology, at least available to the people like are here. The, the, our poor live like wealthy individuals over in that part of the world. Just like internet even. I mean, the internet was absolutely garbage. You, it was like, it was like 2G on a good day and it was always going out and it was incredibly expensive. I mean, incredibly expensive. I'm talking like if you wanted to get the equivalent of three or four G, it was about two hundred and fifty dollars a month. Yeah, and it's and it was incredibly unreliable. It was, it was you know it's just I, and I just say that because just to, to highlight how good we have it here in terms of those types of conveniences and the affordability. I mean, I still look at my bill and I'm just like my for my wife for my you know my high speed cable internet. I'm just like, but over there, it's like it's just the disparity is incredible. I'm gonna make you talk a little bit more if that's okay, Tom. I have a few more questions for you. Tell me what it means to have the support of the people back home. How, what does that mean to those that are deployed like yourself? And how do you deal with the homesickness and were you ever afraid? Um, so I think it's incredibly important to have support. I mean, for me, I, you know, I knew that my my family was was being taken care of. I, I I had every confidence in my wife. I knew I didn't have to worry about any her any any loyalty issues. You know what I mean? I mean I know she and I are solid, and I, and our family is solid. And it's it's, it's most, hard on families. Yeah, and it's very difficult. Absolutely, it's very difficult to be away. And so just you know you miss your family, they miss you. And when when things are tough back home, it's very it's very difficult to 
to just do what you need to do because you're, you're thinking about, you feel helpless because you want to help them. So, so it's really important to, to have support and to know that there's people looking after me. And, we, and fortunately, we have great neighbors, we have great family. You know, my brother-in-law really took good care of my, my family while I was gone. So those things were really, were really, really great. And my I, mom was crucial. She was oh, like stepped in yeah, every incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like too many people to thank. Yeah. So, and I, what was the last part of your, your question? I'm sorry. Were you ever afraid? Um, you know, it's, it's kind of weird. I think when you go, at least, at least for me, I don't really remember ever feeling afraid, you know, it just related like, there. What's that? Were you pretty insulated there? Yeah, we were pretty insulated. We got, we got bored a few times, but it's just, I don't know. It's just, I think it's just kind of the mindset. It was more like I, we just wanted the morning to be over so we could go back to sleep because we were tired. Was, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a spin to put on it. Yeah. Just, that's, that was kind of my experience. But yes, we were, you know, I was on base the whole time and I just, I never, I mean, I know I, I was always cognizant of the fact that we were in a war zone, but I, I never felt very threatened. How did you deal with the homesickness? Did you get very much of that or do they keep you so busy that you go to bed and you go to sleep because you're exhausted? Yeah, you keep really, for me, at least for our section, we kept really busy. And so when you, we were, you know, we, we'd go, when I hit the bed, I was, I was asleep pretty quick, but we were, you know, I had my phone and I was able to, when the, when the internet was working, I was able to make Wi-Fi calls to my family. So we would, we would talk frequently. And so that was very helpful. It was very broken, yeah. but we would at least get to say hi yeah. or at least love you, bye. You could never, you could never count on having a, a long conversation, but yeah, you could count never. on, you could at least count on communicating. Before I move on, since there are so many of you on here, is there anyone who wants to say anything? He's going to hate this about Tom and his service. Move on. He is going to hate it, but I love it. <laughs> Anybody who wants to unmute themselves and say something. I just want to say that I love, 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 and appreciate who Tom is. Tom, from the day I met him, he has been Tom. He's only, he's only gotten better. I mean, and I don't know if he could because he has been just the most wonderful human being to come into our lives um, 18 years ago. And like Susie said, she didn't know that men like Tom existed. I didn't know that men like Tom existed. Somebody could have told me and I would have said, no, you're wrong. Because from the environment that we came from, um, that's not what you see. You don't see men really playing the role of a real man and Tom showed us both Susie and I that that there are men like him out there and um, I really appreciate that about him and I really um, I feel that he was was and is a blessing in Susie's life and of course I know Susie is a blessing on his life but coming from the the background that Susie and I come from, we literally kind of grew up together. I was 17 when she was born. Um, coming from the background that Susie and I have, and then having Tom in our lives, you know, I say our lives because we are very, very integrated. Um, and we are a very close family. 
he has taught us so much, so much about love and family unity and being a dad, being a husband. I mean, these kids have been together for 18 years and my daughter is still being treated like a queen to this day. How did I ever, ever think I would ever see that for my daughter? No. And to me, that is a blessing in itself for me. That's a blessing for me to see my daughter be so happy and know that she will never, ever, ever walk my footsteps that I walk as I was young and growing older and having issues with husband and this and that. Knowing that she will never, ever walk those footsteps being next to Tom is truly a blessing to me. Thanks, thanks, Mary. That's so sweet. <laughs> thanks, Mom. This is, this is his sister. So uh, I've seen some of Tom's faults because I grew up with him. But <laughs> <laughs> a couple of things I'd like to say. Um, um, but when we were little, like I, Tom's the oldest and I'm, I'm second. And I, I looked up to him so much. And he, I mean, as we were really little, he was really my best friend. He really, really was. And we had, I mean, obviously, as you get older, and he's trying to find his place in the world, and we had some troubles, you know, growing, going through school and, and whatnot. But I, I'm so proud of who he's turned out to be. I mean, he's, he's really turned out to be, even as a sister, I can see that he's a phenomenal individual, that he's a phenomenal man, and he's a phenomenal husband, and that he cares so much about his family. And I'm, I'm grateful to have him as a brother, to have that standard, and to see that. And so I, too, am, am very proud of him and, and grateful. And I, and I love Susie and her family. I, I adore them. And I mean, they're so close-knit that I feel as though Mary is my mother, one of my mother-in-laws, and Mark is one of my brother-in-laws. I mean, it's just I, I feel that type of closeness with them, and I'm, I'm really grateful for that and that extension of family. Oh, we love you, and you know you are, girl. We love you so much. We feel the same way. I know I feel the same way. I'm always happy to see you and your beautiful little girl. <laughs> That's so cool. I just want to add to what Mary said about... Um, you know, the influence that he's had in her life and Susie's life and, and the influence that he's had in Mark's life, I want to add to it. Um, Mark is Susie's younger brother. Um, and so he also grew up without that influence of a good husband and dad in his family. Um, and so he didn't get to learn that by example all growing up. Um, but he, he learned it from Tom, through Tom's example. And he was around... Tom enough to to see the way that he was a husband and a dad and now as a husband and a dad he's the best one in the world not biased <laughs> at all but <laughs> Mark learned it from Tom um because he didn't have a dad to teach him that and I'm really grateful for Tom because he's he's made the difference in our lives as well me and my kids um because we have a really incredible husband and dad because he learned from one of the best so thank you Tom Thanks, Morgan. Wow. Thank you, Morgan. <laughs> I, I, I have to chime in and just say, absolutely, absolutely, Tom. Mark was a young teenager when Tom came into the picture, and 
he has been a force. Tom has been a force as far as being such an example as I talked about earlier. And and Mark, he was just taking it in and he was a sponge. He was learning because Mark, um, since he was a child, he said, I will never be like my dad, mom. And you know, you want to hear the opposite from your children, but there is some instances where you don't want to, you don't want to hear that. And you want to hear that you're not going to be like your dad. And Tom was such just the example that Mark needed growing up. And, and Mark is another one of those peculiar men that I know. There's none of them out there. Well, I know too. And, mm -hmm. you know, and more, you know, Tom's dad. And I know a lot of people, but right, my immediate family, I know of too. And that is Tom and that's my son. I, I think the underlying part here is that to be a good soldier, I think being selfless is a huge part of that. You have to be selfless. It, it's hard to be a good soldier if you're not selfless because you're not thinking of yourself. You're doing for others. You're far away from home a lot of times. And also not to shortchange the selflessness the families have to exhibit. So Susie, tell us about what it's like to have a husband deployed. What does that mean? What sacrifices are you making? What hardships are there that come up? How do you endure that time when not only are you missing him, but just the day-to-day -day life? Well, it, you know, um, it was really, it was difficult for sure. Um, I, we're always together and um, I tell him everything, everything. And I, I missed that about him. I missed him. I missed his physical being being here. I think the hardest part for me day to day was definitely difficult. There's no doubt. Um, with four kids, we have a lot going on. But I think the biggest struggle for me was seeing what it did to my, to my kids. It was a struggle for my children. I was getting phone calls from the school counselor about one of my children because he was having such a difficult time. My little girl who, our little girl is three, every single day she would say, she would say, daddy's gonna come, daddy's gonna come home, daddy's gonna come home. And she needed that reassurance every single day, multiple times a day because they're very close. And I saw the breakdown of my children and how important it is to have stability, to have mom and dad in, in my children fell apart. I fell apart, but I would fall apart when I was by myself because I didn't, I did cry in front of them because I want them to know that I'm human and, and I miss their dad and that things are tough and that we can be okay because first and foremost, when Tom left, our children knew and know how much being a soldier means to him. And it means a lot to him. And it means a lot to me because when he joined the military, it was very much a, a mutual decision. It was, was not- It's a family decision, right? It's not one person's decision. 
absolutely. I had just finished PA school and I was, I had been practicing medicine, newbie, green, scary for just six months. Six months at the very most. We had a brand new baby and here he was joining the military, but I knew that he wanted that with his whole heart and who am I to take something like that away from him? So because we are a couple and we love each other and we, we want to uplift each other and, and help each other reach our potential. I went ahead and said, okay, you know what? We can do this because you want this so much and I want this for you. And I love the United States of America and I, and I want our children to appreciate this. And we decided together that it was, it was the best choice for us. And, and so there's a lot of sacrifice. There's so much sacrifice. I am so blessed. My husband came back. You know, my husband came back and yeah, they got shot at and he never told me that until <laughs> he got home. Thank goodness, because it happened multiple times. Um, I was That's not just, something you want to hear, right? Yeah, no, not, nope. And he was smart not to tell me. <laughs> but, yeah, so the fear is very real. The fear is very real. I, I made sure that the news wasn't on around my children because I don't, they were already having such a difficult time. I didn't want the news to to rock their little world any more than it already had. Before I get to my last question that I have, is there anything else that you want to expound on or elaborate or hit on that we haven't talked about? Uh, I just say, I think, you know, Susie talked about the sacrifice that our, our kids made, you know, but we, we try to give them credit for that sacrifice and, you know, it's, it's their sacrifice and we want them to know that. And so that they, so they can attach a value to that sacrifice and, and know that it was, it was for something, that it, it, it there's a meaning to it. And that as they grow up, that uh, they, can, they can remember that there's, there's a need for sacrifice and that it, hopefully it will enrich their lives down the road. Absolutely. Whoever wants to answer this, you can. What does America mean to you? It means the world to me. It means opportunity. It means everything to me because my grandmother, who recently passed away, but the stalwart of our family, she recognized the opportunities that her family could have and the life that he could have in the United States of America at a young age with young children. And she made that, that trip, that voyage, that sacrifice to come here to give all of us that because it's not just my aunts and my uncles and my mom, it's their children, it's my children, it's everybody that comes from my grandmother who has this opportunity now. Being an American and living here, we are the land of opportunity. It, it did not happen to chance. God foreordained this place for us and, and we have so much opportunity here and I am so incredibly grateful for that opportunity. I'm so grateful that I married him and that he values the United States of America. And my children are so young, they already 
comprehend and to grasp how important it is to to respect America and to to be grateful for it. I love it. I love that American flag. I just want to add to, I think, when I think of America, I think it's not just a place. I think of America as like a thing, you know, I think it's, it's synonymous with, with freedom. It's synonymous with, with what real democracy is. And, um, you know, I think, uh, I think when you look back, you know, around like World War One, World War Two, and then, you know, that Korean War, and then the Vietnam War, you know, there was, there was a lot of sacrifices required from our population historically. And it, we weren't, this country was not as rich and technologically advanced as it is now back in that time. And so a lot more sacrifice would require. There's a lot more people drafted into the military. That's not something that we really have to worry about in the last, you know, in a lot of the last years. It's, uh, I think those, those are the things that made the country stronger. I think those sacrifices made the country stronger. And, uh, I, and I just think we kind of, gotten away from that. I don't think that's I don't think there's been as much sacrifice required by the people. I think the more we go down that path, the more resentment we'll have for our own country as people because we, we don't have to work for it. Thank you, Susie. You know, I love you. You're an incredible woman. Tom, thank you so much for your service. I am so in awe of those who serve in the military because it's not a small thing. And so I appreciate your service so much and thank you so much. I, I really appreciate all of you joining us and I can't wait to get this episode out because I really think that the listeners are going to hear your love for this country. And that's, that's what I want. That's what this is all about is letting people know and showing them how blessed we are to live in this country and to be able to call America home. I love Susie's story. America is the land of opportunity and her immigrant family firmly grasped this dream through hard work and determination. Anyone can achieve their idea of success in our great country. If you enjoy We The People, Our American Story podcast, leave a rating and be sure to subscribe. Next Friday, I will share more of my American story. See you then.